In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I invite you to take the Bible in front of you and open to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. I'm going to do something a little heretical, but just for a moment, and you'll just need to trust me that there is a method to my madness. And I shall leave it to you to judge whether it is a good method or a bad one. But I'm going to read one verse in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verse 35. And then, just for a moment, we will dismiss a portion of the sacred scriptures, skipping to just one more verse. Mark, chapter 5, verse 1. And read those two verses back to back. Are you with me? Mark chapter 4, verse 35. On that day, when evening had come, Jesus said to them, Let us go across to the other side. Next verse, Mark chapter 5, verse 1. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerizines. These two verses, when read back to back, what do they say to us? Jesus said, let's go across to the other side, and then they came to the other side. Of course they did, because Jesus said they would. There's absolutely no doubt. There's no uncertainty. Rest assured, they will be on the other side. For the Lord has said it so clearly. Let us go across to the other side. Why do we not experience life in this way? Why is it that when Jesus says, let us go across to the other side, we do not just immediately come to the other side? Why must we deal with the verses between 435 and 51. Dear Saints, can I suggest to you that the entire Christian life here on earth is found in the verses between, where we meet a sinking boat, a raging storm, the fear of death, and the wondering cries of, Lord, do you not care that we are perishing? And as much as we want to simply be on the other side, just as he said, we are not there, but rather we are in turbulent seas, wondering if God even cares. Violent storms are hurled your way, and the waters rise rather quickly, don't they? And the overwhelming flood of despair and anguish is enough to pull anyone's sight off of the end and make them wonder in the present moment, does he care that these things are happening to me? Does he not care that I am perishing? A great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling The disciples do not handle this well. 
They do not simply chalk this storm up to the old adage, everything happens for a reason. They do not showcase a strong faith or how a strong Christian must endure such hardships. No. They absolutely panic, like you do. Though the face is a very brave one. Why are these raging waters and storms happening to me? Why must life be tossed and thrown every which way? Why can't the Lord just take me from Mark chapter 4, 35 straight to Mark chapter 5, verse 1? Why must you sit in such a small, helpless, sinking boat in the midst of of a great sea which foams at the mouth, threatening to devour you. I'm reminded of Israel upon the sand before the great Red Sea and the Egyptian army barreling down on them with their mighty swords and the power of the horsemen and the chariots, all threatening to devour them. Why, Moses, did you bring us out here to kill us? Why do you not care? that we are about to perish. You have only to be silent. The Lord will fight for you. And the waters to that Red Sea, they part. An immense wall of water rising upon their right hand and upon their left as they walk across on dry ground, ever constant threatening to drown them with every fearful step. What? Did you think walking through the Red Sea with walls of swirling, roaring water invisibly held to their side, towering over your head, would have been a pleasant trip for them? A happy trot? A peaceful journey? Those waters will kill an entire Egyptian army. But Israel, they go first. But why? Why must they pass through such a feat? Why does God leave the waters on their right hand and upon their left? Why doesn't he just completely remove the water? Why doesn't he put every possibility of danger away? Why does he allow these terrifying things to be? Why doesn't he remove every threat of sickness and disease, of weapon or injustice, insecurity or famine? Why doesn't he just instantly transport you to the other side? Does he not care? Does he not see? Out of all the questions the disciples could ask in this moment, I'm thankful they asked this question. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? I'm thankful they ask it because we actually get to hear how Jesus answers it. He awakes from his sleep, and he looks upon those waters, and he says to them, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Why are you so afraid? 
have you no faith? It's as if he said, what did you think would happen? I told you we were going to the other side. Why did you not trust that? Why do you even take a posture of defense when I'm with you? Why would you panic when I'm with you? Why do you doubt me? The disciples are rebuked. And so must you be upon the seas of this world. For it is not the seas that rage and foam against the Lord's ever constant and sure word. It is you. You toss and turn against him in reckless ways, and it drowns your faith. You are filled with fear, and you worry, and you do not trust that you will get there safely. You do not believe that he cares for you. You drown in such overwhelming waters because you trust his word and his presence very little. And so, he must speak so you can hear the voice of God which hovers over the face of the waters and the face of the human heart. The soul depends on his voice. The creation itself obeys his voice. Peace, be still. And it is so, not just with the waters, but with you. Dear saints, don't you see? The man in the boat with you is God, the Lord of heaven and earth, the one who created the seas, who parts the Red Sea, who can control the seas with one single word. Who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? And Jesus, he's the Lord, your Savior, who has conquered your death by his death, and glorious resurrection. He has conquered every one of your sins and every fear and every turbulent sea. He is in control and he is with you. And when he says that he will take you somewhere, then rest assured, you will be taken there. There is absolutely no doubt. There is no uncertainty with him. For he has promised, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Right now you're in the boat, but the day is coming soon when you shall be on the other side in your father's house, just as he said. Amen. 
Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.